All right, friends, Zig coming in at the top of the interview. Today I have with me Corey Dreamer. Now, Corey's a multi-talented character. He's a writer, a ventriloquist, a bit of a musician. He's got a social media presence, a YouTube channel called Corey Dreamer, and he does nothing but spread positive messages and shares bits of his life in this real, honest way that you don't really see with YouTube channels. Corey talks openly about depression and anxiety and brings awareness to these issues, normalizing it. And we need more people like Corey. We need more people spreading positive things. The internet doesn't like to do that. The internet likes to have us fight with each other. This is a breath of fresh air. And this is my conversation with Corey Dreamer. If you guys can like, subscribe, Comment, rate, review the podcast on any of the podcasting platforms, Spotify or Apple. We just started YouTube, so if you can hit the subscribe button, it'd be greatly appreciated. And check this out. This is Corey Dreamer. Terry Ray. All right, so we'll jump right into it. We're doing the Zig at the Gig podcast, and I'm hanging out with Corey Dreamer. Corey, how you been, man? Oh, I, I've had a, a good Christmas beginning. Yeah? Thanksgiving was a bummer because i had covid yeah really How yep you- i had covid my mom's boyfriend uh met a friend who oh no yeah and then she's been taking care of gino and he sadly got sent to the hospital he's doing better now Oh, Much man. better than he was Thanksgiving. Oh my gosh, it was terrible. It sounds terrible. I'm like, I'm for her mom, and she got COVID, and then I got COVID like a week or two later. Wow, man! So I've been just. I was gonna say that's definitely a bummer of a Thanksgiving. How are you feeling now? Was it like a when you got it? Was it like a strong symptoms, or was it not as bad? It wasn't as bad, but have you ever heard, you, you, you know what pneumonia is like, right? Yeah, it was like that. Yeah, it, it made me feel like I was having that. I, I felt like I was having pneumonia all over again. I had pneumonia growing up as a kid, yeah. so um, being that boy who grew up being sick a lot, um, so I just was sick as a puppy and all I did for to keep myself social distancing while quarantine was playing on my Nintendo Switch, playing Fortnite with others. Nice. Um, and uh, but with this whole thing going on, I've began to um, do ventriloquism because of the whole lockdown that happened in April. Yeah. I felt so isolated. Not many of my family members answered any of my calls, and I just felt so lonely. So I just finally took the courage and asked my mom, I want a ventriloquist dummy. So she bought it for me uh, for a Halloween present. And, uh, and I've been doing ventriloquism ever since. That's awesome. I saw on... Um on your YouTube channel, which I want to get into, um, I saw you're posting some videos with that, uh, with the ventriloquist dummy and like that, that whole, that's a weird, not a weird, it's a hard skill to obtain to do the, the, do the talking without moving your mouth. 
that's a, it's not an easy thing to do. So as far as like a quarantine uh, skill to start to build, no better time to do it because that requires a lot of practice. Oh, I know. I, I, I looked up other ventriloquists and other, and I saw this other girl who, you know, thanks to the lockdown, couldn't um, do any of her dancing, couldn't perform anymore. So yeah. she began ventriloquism. <clears throat> I mean, I can't even sing like Darcy Lynn. <laughs> Was it? Well, you know I, who Darcy Lynn is? I'm not familiar. I don't think anyone. <laughs> Only I feel when it comes to singing like anyone in particular, only that person has that voice, you know. But uh, I'm not familiar with her, no. Oh, you don't pay attention to AGT? Um, not yet. What is it? Um, you know, America's Got Talent. Oh, seriously. Okay, okay. <laughs> I wasn't hip to the lingo. All right, yeah. You know, I was watching some of that um last year. And uh, mm-hmm. I'd catch it every once in a while. And it was always, you get to that point at the end where they bring up the person who wins and it always tears you up. <laughs> it's one of those shows. It's a goodie. But I haven't, uh, I wasn't familiar with her. So was she like a carryover from, like, I think I watched mid-season. Was she the younger girl? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, she was the younger girl who got, um, who won AGT for singing with the, with the rabbit and uh, a mouse. That sounds awesome. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. I actually got my inspiration to do ventriloquism actually when my uncles uh, introduced Jeff Dunham oh, okay. to the family on Thanksgiving vacation. Um, and I just got into him. Um, and I, and I just wanted to, I don't know if I wanted to do ventriloquism, but I always admired what he did, um, how he performed. I, I love Peanut. I think that's how <clears throat> I got into ventriloquism was because Peanut was a lot like people like us, people who are outcast and were just zingy and weird and, uh, um, you know. Yeah. But Peanut's a staple of the act, man. Yeah. Jeff Dunham did... I like... What what he did was really cool because he took like the stand-up comedy realm with the puppets or with the... and combined it with ventriloquism. Like, in yeah, they're always tied together. You know what I mean? Ventriloquist acts are usually comedical. But his delivery of it kind of fit that mold of like outside enough regular comedy and inside enough you know that i because when he comes when he plays shows he sells out stadiums you know and i don't think there's been a ventriloquist bigger than jeff so he definitely brought a light to it in a new like a a fresh perspective on how that that art can be can hit all the hit, hit the masses unlike unlike before there was a really uh his last special was really cool because he did the like a that the central comedy social distancing. Oh, I haven't seen the social distant one. No, this was a uh, one that came out on Netflix uh, Netflix a while like last year, and he did like a oh, okay. a f- oh I saw that one I saw all the ones on Netflix um I uh, yeah. 
Well, that's a, and I also saw you uh, you were working on some harmonica playing too. Was that a quarantine yeah, skill, or was that like something you were? No, I actually began. I actually began doing harmonica when I was ten years old. Oh, awesome! Um, yeah, I, I guess I I got inspired by this Cartoon Network show that had like a very. It was about a black uh, uh, singer who uh, began to teach children how to do music. And I don't know, I just took to it the idea of playing the harmonica and because uh, that was one of the things that he taught the kids was harmonica. And uh, I don't know, I, I saw it and I thought, I have, I, I, I have um, asthma. And mm. so... I saw it as a way to, you know, work on my asthma, work on my breathing. It became more of a way to help get the crap out yeah. of the, you know, because people with asthma always have junk in their throats. Um, so I uh, took to it as, you know, a way to help me breathe more, you know. Yeah, did it help? Oh, absolutely! It got a lot of the junk out. I cough a lot. Yeah, um, got all the crap out because I, because like the more I kept breathing in and out, in and out through the harmonica, the more the the junk came out. Yeah, if that makes sense. No, it it definitely does. Because uh, was I play harmonica too, and like with a. Uh, when you're trying to do a scale, like when you're doing like a straight major scale with a harmonica, you gotta focus. Like you gotta focus your mouth on the one hole, right? And you're breathing in and out of one hole, which is precise. And uh, and your everything that's going into it is like it takes forever to get because you gotta learn to control your lips and your breathing. So that makes sense that by focusing your breathing on a precise point, that would help clear out your throat. And it's a fun way to do it too. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Was it? Do you dabble with any other instruments? Uh, nope. Nope. Harmonica's a good one, man. Everyone can use a harmonica player. Yeah. Too bad <laughs> I'm not um going out for walks anymore. Yeah. So you're. Well, I mean, have you uh got a a negative or no? Have you got, yeah, a negative test from the COVID thing yet? Are you just, like, are you all clear of it? Or are you still working through it? I'm very much 15 days past of it. Okay. Um, yeah, so. Man, that, that sucks. Oh, my gosh. I, my mom looked at me and said, Corey, you've had the very smallest yeah. amount of, because you even though you had COVID, you were still a little upbeat. You didn't let it get you down. You, 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 you were just, uh, not having it as bad as everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> well, that positive mindset definitely, I think it, it definitely has a thing with health. I definitely think that benefits health to some degree is being upbeat about it. And when, um, when you hit me up on uh, Instagram to do this interview, 
I started checking out your page, and I was like, oh, he likes comics. This is cool. We can talk about that. And then I went to your YouTube channel, and that's all it is, is positive stuff. And I'm like, I got to talk to Corey. Like, I, man, like with positive stuff on the internet, I'm sure you've noticed it. It doesn't get as much hype as it should. It doesn't get as much attention. And I don't know if that's the, like, algorithms on programs that know, like, people interact with negative stuff more. But we need more positive stuff. And everything on your channel was so upbeat, and it was awesome. So I'm really glad you reached out to me, and we're doing this right now. But what brought you to doing YouTube as a medium? What brought this message? What well, what came to you that you had to share this positive message? Message. I can't talk today because I'm glad you are. <laughs> well, I don't know if you like her anymore because of the recent stuff that got out this year. Um, but years ago, I watched Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. Um, and uh, I loved her in 2012. Um, there was an interview of a girl named Talia Joyce. And uh, she did YouTube and she had cancer. And I was like, and I've been trying to make a difference for years. I used to do anti-bullying club um i used to go out volunteer at works that my mom used to do she um worked in a facility for people with disabilities a school yeah for people with mental illness and disabilities and i used to help out volunteer she used to bring me over volunteer and stuff and it helps me because growing up as a kid who had who was just born with 24, sur 24 surgeries. Wow. I mean, I even have a new article of me um, called Corey Conway, another name for miracle. <laughs> um, I was Holy just a born. Four. Yeah. Uh, wait. Yeah. I, um, I was born with uh, 20. Yeah. So, 12 surgery, major operations in 1994. And then for 15 years, I'm reading you a little bit of uh, what my mom said. Uh, has worked in the mental health medical field. And um, it, it, it was just very hard for me to see this when you're older. And so imagining it, that you're this boy who you see yourself in the Akron Beacon Journal. Um, I still have the newspaper. That's actually why I want to do the video. It's because I wanted to show you the, the little news article that my parents kept showing me as a kid. Yeah. I saw you posted. <coughs> or you po yesterday, uh, you posted something about there's an article that changed your life. And that's the article. Yeah, but um, wrapping it around my mind, I just thought I was a Frankenstein monster because I couldn't. I mean, how can you wrap your mind around the idea that you went through these surgeries? Definitely. <laughs> so um, that's why I uh, and I got sick for many years um, growing up. I got sick. I was the boy who was sick a lot, you know, miss a lot of social, I miss a lot. So 
a lot of this social media idea of me doing YouTube was also for me to say, hey, you know, I got to get out somehow. Yeah. I, I just felt like being an outcast, so I didn't want to keep hiding in. And I, I still wanted to make a difference, um, help people, whatever I could do. And so I picked YouTube, and YouTube has been a really upbeat outbringing in my life lately with this whole YouTube thing. And, um, me talking about awarenesses and causes on my channel, me giving outputs of, um, or my opinions on issues that are brought up, whatever it is. And, uh, <clears throat> that's why I, uh, do my YouTube channel well, for those reasons. That's awesome. Cause the messages you shoot out of YouTube are so upbeat and bring awareness to all these issues. And I love how personal it is because you got some uh, ventriloquist videos and some drama. It's not just like, and they're the real. It's just you with a camera. It's not like, it's not like a high production. But what it is, the message is a high production. And I think mm -hmm. that's what makes it so valuable. <laughs> and I'm so glad that you're doing it. And. Man, it's been bumping too. I was looking at your page, and some of your videos are got they got tons of views, man. So you're doing the right thing, and that's so exciting because normally when I come across cool, positive things, it doesn't get that amount of attention. So to see something that is is so awesome. Yeah, I didn't think you would get this upbeat or um, this amount of attention, but it has, and. Uh, <clears throat> You know, I uh, I love playing video games, so I, of course, you know, incorporated a little bit of, um, you know, not just live streaming, but doing YouTube videos, doing s stories in my own ways, editing videos of video gaming and mashing into, like, fan fiction. That's awesome. Storytelling. Um yeah, I started that years ago and I figured out how to do it from my PlayStation, which is why I am no longer doing that anymore because my PlayStation 4, oh boy, two years, like a month ago before the PlayStation 5 comes out, yeah. my PS4 blew fuse. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why you've been, you haven't seen me do uh, video gaming lately. Gotcha. Because I'm now doing it straight from my Nintendo Switch, which is a different, a different. Uh, uh, I guess as far as editing it, editing clips from it and put it on YouTube, that has to take a minute. Like just doing audio files with a picture, which is, <laughs> or, or music videos, which is what I put out. Like that takes forever. So the convert. Um, video game graphic into a storyline which is enough editing by itself and then put it out <laughs> that's got to be a, a challenging task or arduous task well, you to know, get through. But, um, the playstation actually gave us this thing called share factory and it was oh, like okay. our own editing yeah okay, it was our cool. own editing clip way that we can record and whatever so that's how i did it Gotcha. That but makes it way easier then. 
I've been following, um, yes. I forget, I think it's Team Four Star. They do these Dragon Ball. They take clips from the new, uh, I forget what the new Dragon Ball game is, and they make these uh, comedic skits, uh, skits out of it. Um, and I'm always like, man, that has to take forever to line up all the jokes and everything and then put it out. But they could be doing that same you know, thing. Fortnite actually does that a lot too. You know, there's a lot of people who play Fortnite and they edit yeah. their own stories. And I've been playing Fortnite. If you've been, I mean, I guess you've been following my YouTube channel. So I guess you noticed that I have been doing Fortnite um, lately because of COVID. Yeah. Um, and they just did that Marvel thing, Fortnite. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I loved it. I was like, I bought the whole entire season pack. Nice. Right off the day. And uh, yeah, so I have all the Marvel heroes. I have, I unlocked Wolverine. I unlocked uh, all the Mark Groot, Captain America, which he came out in July 4th, which was like a couple months before the marvel then but that was because of fourth of july um and then of course i unlocked a lot of the other marvel characters that came out um so yeah and I, uh, you seem to be a, a marvel a marvel guy i was looking through your instagram and saw all the comics you were posting initially that's what you responded to was a uh, the ninja turtle uh, clip i posted with uh, kevin eastman um so how how far, because you also have been writing these scripts and writing these stories. How far back does comics go for you? Oh, boy. Um, my, I think it started in animated series, actually. Yeah. Spider-Man, the 1994 one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I watched that and one. Then, and then... Batman the Animated Series, because I love detective. I love detective novels. I loved, I grew up loving mystery novels. I used to grab a whole bunch of books that were mystery and read at least five of them. And uh, going to the Brexville Broadway Heights Library, my mom used to take me as a kid. Um, so Batman was one of my kind of superheroes and uh, Spider-Man, him being such a, you know, a normal kid yeah. who is an cast, you know, but I love, uh, now I love Miles Morales. What? The, 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 the yeah. Spider-Man that now Was it I love him as a character too. Cause he grew, he has family issues. He has a lot of family drama. And I grew up with a little bit of that too, with my, um, you know, issues with my dad. Yeah. But my dad were pretty good. But um, still, that's awesome. Miles Morales has that representation, even though he's African American Latino. Um, I still can relate to him in that way because in the comics he has a lot of that, that father struggle. Yeah. You know. Um. That's one thing with Marvel. They really hit home making these characters relatable and not just like, we saved a day. It's like all these inner issues that a lot of people go through and a lot of people relate to, which makes those characters stick out more. And that is, at least uh, the new run 
featuring Miles, not that the Peter Parker run or past Peter runs featuring Peter Parker haven't hit family issues, but there's something with how they're how they're like sharing Miles' story that I can I can see how the father the father son issue rings a little stronger and isn't re- more relatable. And even in the the new film with um the Spider Universe, the absence of him. And the uh, the whole uncle thing, you know, not to spoil it if anyone listens, but I, I I can I'm picking up where you're coming from with that. Yeah, um, I sort of have like you know a little bit of family drama even right now with this whole COVID nineteen thing. You know, feeling mm. a little distant from family. Yeah, because you know whatever because this whole social distancing I, I think a lot of people can understand that um where, where I'm coming from with this hopefully so definitely <laughs> even if you're in a house with the your your core family like when you when you're going through what you went through and you have to like I don't know bunker down to a room and <laughs> try to make 15 days go by quick which they don't and feel okay, and like I'm glad to hear that you went through it upbeat, because that brings everyone else up. Once you have, once you have one person who's positive, usually that's that's infectious and that spreads, and that's why that's why what you're doing is so important. But when you're in in that situation, it's hard to maintain that, and like especially when you feel not so hot, you know, and like I I don't know I understand with the the my family we all kind of go. Everyone goes to their own spot, does their own thing. There you go. Are you here? Right, that's you know? the challenge with me. And like, which is cool, you know, because everyone has their own things they're interested in and their own skills they're trying to craft, and that's a perfect time to do that. But when you don't get that social interaction, even in home, you know, it's kind of like, I need a, I need to talk to somebody about something. <laughs> And then you start a podcast or a YouTube channel and you start reaching out to people and then this happens. So maybe <laughs> maybe it's all not so bad, but it's it's definitely not the same because the YouTube video ends and the podcast ends and <laughs> but but yeah, that's definitely rough, man. That's rough. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad you're you're taking it serious. Some people aren't, you know. Some people are like going out without the mask and not really caring. Oh my gosh, that's so, my mom and I. We went out, just you know, out down south for a little trip because yeah. we couldn't go to Walt Disney World because of um, COVID. Yeah, we had to reschedule for next year. Um, but we went down south. This part, nobody was wearing masks, <laughs> and we were like let's get the hell out of here. We felt like we were in children of the cornfield. <laughs> children of the maskless field. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Clearly. And we went to this Amish part of the South part that yeah. my mom and I visited. And it was just completely COVID proof. Everyone was wearing masks. Wow. Everyone was yeah. cleaning. It was like, we're no longer in Kansas anymore. <laughs> and that's the thing. Oh, it's just wearing a mask. It's not 
it's not invasive. It's you're doing it for the person next to you, and you're or you put it on when they're not comfortable, and it's not that big a deal. And I don't get mm-hmm. why that's such a such a debate. I know it's politi- uh, been politicized. We it, neither. It's so. It, it, it's so silly and so like I can't believe even one of my uncles doesn't believe in the yeah it, it is a debater on this mask wearing deal and it's like seriously it's because people aren't I mean that's why it has to be mandated yeah to wear masks because the more you do it the more the, the less the COVID stuff is spreading. I mean, and the less you, you're I'm, getting it, you know what I mean? The less it's spreading right. and the less you're getting it. And it's, it's a little easy thing to do. It's an easy fix around as opposed to shut, shutting everything down, which, you know, may, may or may not happen again here. But, and I uh, started my, I have to be honest with you. One of the reasons I started my uh, ventriloquism is because I wanted a job. Yeah. I I don't know if you pay attention to the end, but there's always that saying of me. There's a link in the description. Yeah. I have my own Patreon account. I have my own because I don't have a job because with all these jobs going out of business, I mean, I had a job last year and my job uh, hit a landslide last year. So, what were you doing? um, I had to quit. Um, it was for people with medical challenges to get a job, to feel like they're working, whatever. Um, we know we, we would go out to bars and clean out things and gotcha. So, um, was it cool? sadly, it was good, but then a case opened up, and uh, mm, that's one. Yeah, people started quitting. People started leaving, um, and I and I had to leave. So, yeah. um, uh, it's been hard getting a job with this COVID stuff. So that's why I do ventriloquism. That's why I opened my own Patreon account business. And did this whole ventriloquism thing because I wanted to feel like I have a job. Yeah, one of the small reasons. It's interesting because um, now with like like how you're saying, every all these jobs are going out or all these opportunities aren't there. Like you can't. For, in my case, I can't go out and play gigs because no one's there. You can't. The bar can't afford to have you. You don't want to be in the bar <laughs> doing the thing. Um, but it brings out all these new opportunities you wouldn't have thought to do. Like even to gain the new skill of ventriloquism and then to like do it in a way where now it's like, it's weird how people do that, right? Like we all got to kind of do a daily thing and do like a job-esque thing even when we don't have one. It's like a natural thing that we do. And like, but because of the shutdown, there's all these COVID or open up whatever because of the climate of COVID there's all these COVID corners that we can work around and it kind of makes certain things that before would have seemed not cool or not like a awesome thing and now makes them seem like a great amazing new thing does that make sense like um 
Yeah. Um, I've been doing a, so I, I'm a teacher and I, uh, for our graduations, right, we did this thing where we draw, we put our, uh, me and the principal, <laughs> the old vice principal who played drums and a buddy, we went on this uh, trailer and went around and played schools out in front of all the graduates. Not a big deal. No one would have agreed to my crazy idea prior. You um, know. What, um, what uh, grade are you for, uh, for a teacher? Pre-K to senior high. I work at a charter school teaching music. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of everywhere. Now it's uh, now it's a little different because uh, before I would go to three different buildings. Now I just go to one. So now it's kind of like elementary to high school. But... um. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like it's 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 weird because a lot of it's streaming into the class and pushing the instruments to the room, you know. But there's there's these things that are now exciting and new, like streaming prior COVID. No one would have really cared too much or tuned in, and like I think it leads to some cool opportunities that can be had. And like uh, because of the amount of time people have and are looking for the same outlets themselves, it leads to like ways to reach out to people you may have not have been able to before which is why that Kevin <laughs> Eastman interview happened you know what I mean like uh just it's it's exciting and awful at the same time yep was it a kind of a going back to the YouTube uh, channel uh, or maybe it was on your Facebook I can't remember where I read it but you're writing scripts it is on your YouTube it's on that too you're writing scripts and you're writing stories and comic stories and like, do you want to get into that at all? I don't know if you want to like, you don't have to share. Like, I'm working publishing my stories actually. I'm yeah. working. I've been writing also, which has helped cope with this whole thing, but it's also made me re help me. Str- it's gotten me to struggle because I'm not going out as yeah. much. So. You know, there's that, you know, limitation of creativity where you aren't getting as much creative juices when you're stuck in the house. Yeah. Um, And uh, I don't live with my mom. I live with in this group home, uh, support independent living group home, guys with medical conditions, you know, because I have medical conditions. Yeah. And so I am stuck in the house, you know, I'm writing, I'm trying to maneuver when the guys are doing their things. And cause you know, when I'm like a guy who wants a piece of quiet, so that's why I have my headphones. That's why I'm working on, you know, trying to get um, my TV to, to, uh, do it wirelessly the headphones um trying to watch movies while writing that's kind of what i do is i read a comic for how long i have and then um, i start writing my stories while watching something that is um relatable to what i'm writing gotcha if that makes sense so like an outer space story then I'll watch like something like Guardians of the Galaxy or Star Wars if I'm uh, watching a Chris I'm writing a Christmas 
story, then I'll watch something Christmassy. Um, you know, just something because um, with COVID, you know, there's now a whole bunch of movies streaming on going to streams now. And, yeah. uh, and uh, I'm, I'm really glad that I uh, get to use Disney Plus, I use Netflix, Hulu. Yeah, it's endless. Like, there's so many films you can you can uh, draw influence from, and it's it's interesting with with um, writers. I've noticed, uh, or just recently, I've kind of been digging in, and it kind of goes to the Kevin Eastman interview. Um, he'll do the same thing. He'll watch movies and then draw, or watch movies and write scripts. And like same with um. For me, it's not just movies. It's sometimes TV shows. Also, I'll watch like a TV show that's well, relatable. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it could be like any. I think Kevin was talking about like um the Matrix, and I was reading something about a uh, Akira Toriyama, the guy who did Dragon Ball. He uh he'd watch <laughs> um Jackie Chan movies while he did. That was his kind of go to, which makes a lot of sense <laughs> with that show. <laughs> But, like, it's interesting because, like, um, with writing, like, what brings that that muse and puts people in that zone? And you would think a film going on would distract you from it. But just, and now you, the three people that I know that write things are, like, draw, or I shouldn't say I know, but three people I've come across to, I know you, but I don't know the other two that well. But uh, use that method of playing something in the background and going into their own. Mm-hmm. Is there any reason like it's kind of like it's kind of like getting into character? Okay, I think that's a good way of putting it. Um, it, it it kind of gives us or gives me at least you know a level of you know if in case if I have a writer's block or in case if I you know want to write something in a way that is you know what I'm writing I'll watch and it kind of gives me an insight of okay you know what to write and how to write it yeah you know if I'm writing a detective story then I'll read then I'll watch like Sherlock Holmes or um if I'm watching or if I'm writing like a galactic story, like I told you before, I'll watch like a star Wars or, uh, or, uh, something Marvel. Cause you know, there's guardians of the galaxy or if I'm watching something detective, right. Writing. Yeah. If I'm writing something detective, then I'll watch a detective movie, a detective story. Like, I don't know. No, it makes sense. Like it puts you in the in the universe or in the mind of where you can uh, adapt your own to what what is kind of already been out there. Um, how often mm-hmm. do you write? Do you have like a, a routine? Like every day we're going to do this, or every couple days, or is it when you're inspired? I guess kind of inspired. I mean, I think that's the way you're putting it. Um, that makes sense. I do it like I I don't. I just do it whenever. Um, I do it like either in the morning when I'm waking up 
or um, at night because, yeah. you know, that's a better mindset at night. Sometimes for me, because I, because, you know, mornings are days are kind of like, you know, whatever. But when it's nighttime, it's just completely quiet sometimes. It's just way easier for the focus, especially in like a group home where everyone's doing their own thing. That's got to that's got to be uh, some living challenges with that. Living challenges with that. But uh especially if you're trying to focus on a skill like um ventriloquism or writing, like when you need to focus and be really in the moment with it. If someone's doing something <laughs> noisy or I don't know. I can see where that'd be very uh frustrating, but um to kind of so when you're looking at it, so and it's weird at night a lot of people are more creative at night like i get a bunch of ideas and i don't know if it's like when you and i can sleep yeah <laughs> yeah and yeah, it, it makes you sleepy yeah like i would write for how many hours and then like minutes later i'll just fall asleep like i just feel so tired like <laughs> It's hyper-focused, writing and putting your ideas out, especially on paper, because it's not just enjoying them or partaking them or playing them. You're like, you're structurally putting it out, and you got to think of every word, you know, like, which doesn't seem like that big a deal, but when you're, it makes sense that it would wear you out, (laughs) like, especially if you start late. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So in the grand scheme of it, are you looking like maybe two to three times a week, two to three times a month? more than that if you had to give a a, not an accurate but like a summed up guess of how often you're writing I guess I write two to three days wow a week Um, that's awesome I I, I just to write Um, it helps give me something structured to do you know it, it really helps cope with my anxiety and depression getting it out yeah expressing that energy whatever that whatever bothers me i mean i just to give you an example with this whole election that was going on yeah (laughs) there was so much anxiety and so much depression definitely going on (laughs) that i just boiled it into I don't know if you pay attention to comics or not, but there's these things called superhero events. Yeah. Where they make the characters come together, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, like a like a, a big run event, right? Where it's like, a, I'm trying to think of what the last one was. Um, the one with Thor, uh, War of the Realms. Oh, the, yeah, War of the Realms. That, that was... Um, yeah, and I write like, however, instead of writing a big book, yeah, I do where I put the name of the um, event and then semicolon and then write like um, an event or, or write the title of the character of the story, like the superhero and then the event name and then I write like its own story like giving a character giving one's perspective of the character's point of view of it I guess like yeah have you ever seen comics that like say 
like Avengers War of the Realm or uh, like how they uh, made like a Venom one called War of the Realms, a little one. Yeah, yeah, like where you get all these side characters and it adds up to the big story or they're like small things that play into the big story and your brain's just like, yes! That's how I do do my... uh, my my superhero event is I don't write those big books. Yeah, I write those small ones that like where it kind of feels like they're collaborating. Gotcha. Same thing of a uh, an event, but you you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you're looking, <laughs> you're you're going from one character's perspective, and then but you're starting there and you're building it into the big thing, which is cool because that makes that one character's perspective feel way more validating than looking at the big thing and being like, well, we got to tell them something about Spider-Ham. Let's tell them something. You know what I mean? Like, that's cool. That's And it's rewarding when it all builds up. And the right like that has to be pretty challenging because you got to keep of all keep uh, uh, in your mind all these characters and plots and subplots you have in each each person's... Uh... Yeah. Um, for me, it's fun because I'm a huge comic book nerd. So it's a lot of fun to, like, semi like uh putting parentheses reference of that da, 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 or um reference to uh something yeah going on. like I'm writing it like a comic book. That's awesome. In a way. That's so a, uh when I see those dots or the reference to the other issue, I'm like, Ooh. Well, that gets me so bad I should say. Like I have to find that thing and like go back and do the research. If not, I feel like I'm not getting the story. So that's, it's, but it's so exciting when you do like, ah, that's it. (laughs) Yep. Is there, um, any particular writers that led you to want to write like this? Like if you had any comic book writers, like a Jason Aaron guy, or are you, um, Stanley. Stanley. Okay. Yeah. Marvel. Just sticking. Okay. Gotcha. Well, I mean, he's the big bad, man. He did kind of fronted most of them, him and Jack. Jack Kirby. Yeah, um, you know, it, it, it really made me cry when I heard him pass away. Yeah. To watch Captain Marvel have that, like, I don't know if you watch Marvel movies, but Captain yes, Marvel. Very much so. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in the Captain Marvel movie, they had that intro of Stan Lee. Yeah. Instead of having all the superheroes be through the the Marvel studio intro, they had a whole bunch of Stan Lee cameos. Yeah. How they would do Marvel characters through the Marvel. Was it? Yeah, that, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, like it was all, all him. And it was such a bummer. And all the comics that came out had like the stands uh uh i can't remember the, the little blurb from stan stan lee from back in the old comics that they would put in the back they put it on the front and like it was definitely a bummer cuz that guy he made all these characters that resonated all these like morals and philosophies and like became like for a lot of people more of a moral compass than like and because they were relatable characters and maybe than some some bigger deities and like I, I don't know. So that was definitely a bummer when he right. passed. And when you see the last cameo. Yeah, I even had my, uh, I even created my own, like, little Stanley cameo and made, like, 
like uh, I, I guess you could say a memoir of how I felt about him. That's awesome. And what he's been to me um, in a, in a superhero story I wrote. And uh, cause he was such a huge motivation for every writer. I think who writes superhero novels and writes superhero stories. I think, you know, he was just such an inspiration. Are you, uh, are you working with an artist to, to, uh, animate some of these? Like, do you got any that are ready I mean, to be animated? Uh, I work. So I got in touch with this guy through the news called Mike Brown. I think yeah. that's his name. And, uh, he, uh, I contacted him and he, uh, he was my, he helped me get contacts of, uh, other editor of an editor. Um, and so he's the reason I'm getting my stuff out. That's awesome. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for Mike Thomas, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know where to send any of my stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. No, like I've been, uh, been trying to figure out how to make like a, a book for this art gallery I work at. And like, I don't know where to go with that. And let alone if you have just a story where they go with that. So it's so awesome that you got this outlet. Do you know when anything's about to drop? When we can, uh, when we can crap, uh, crack open any books? I have no idea. I'm still waiting on hearing from my editor. I just, contacted him through Instagram and uh, he, he's working now on editing them I guess you could say that yeah and, uh, that's I, 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 yeah I don't know when when we're gonna hear anything I don't know when I'm gonna hear anything from them but I'm I'm very thankful that I had someone who knew the work structure of getting your stuff out. Yeah. And he helped me direct me to who to send it to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, because where do you go with that? You know, like, there's when you look into like the credits of a comic book, there's a storyboard. There's the story, the storyboarder, the the inker, the letterer. You know, I mean, there's all these factors into one comic. It's a production. It's a big production that you don't think about. Usually, like, oh, it's the, it's a Kevin Eastman. He does it all. He's the Ninja Turtle guy. That's how it works. But it's not. It's a it's a complicated process. So like, I don't even know where you. Uh, my bass player, Coda. He uh he's been coming up with comic ideas with a buddy of his from um. Uh, I can't remember where his buddy's from, but they have these Zoom calls and they have, they have storyboard ideas. And like, but you know, that's one thing. But where do you go from that? Once you get an idea you're more comfortable with or you're proud of and you want to share, like to take it to the next level is a complicated process. And like, so I, I, I totally understand where you wouldn't know where to go. <laughs> I, I have a, one friend yeah. who, made a, who made a comic um, his name is Johnny Habu, and he made a comic about this band from Japan called The Depacement. And um, mm-hmm. this guy is a, on another level, and he does so many things, and I don't know how he does them. Like, he was a musician, he's a 
did a, he was a comedian for a while. He was a bodybuilder. He was in the Navy. He was in the Marines. He's like, I think a, he's a some does something in the health field now. But he also put out some books and he put out these comic books. So somehow he was able to find someone that take his story, storyboard it, and draw it and put it out. And like that's the only person I've known who's like who's done that. And the only I guess now the only other person halfway there is you, my friend. Um, mm-hmm. so I hope that comes out soon. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you also have a, you had this pitch to Disney with the story. Did that take off or where'd that go? Wait, what? I, uh, it was in one of your videos. You had a story that you wanted to pitch to Disney. Um, did you end up pitching it or did you, uh, or did it not like, no, not no, I, quite I, there? I, I, I guess I really wanted to. Do I, I I always I always love Disney. I, I I even have Disney Plus, the Who, yeah. the Hulu bundle. Um, I always love the idea of what Disney has been doing. So, of course, I love the idea of you know hit, of having my stories being animated, you know, into videos or or being animated into video games. That's one thing I'd love to see is my comic books have a video games of their own, you know, they got That'd the whole Yeah, I know. I, I, I even loved I even fanboyed out when I saw the whole um Avengers video game or the Spider Man you know, I'm even. I even want the Spider-Man Miles Morales video game because the fact that they incorporated Christmas and you know, a whole holidays—that's <laughs> a good one to cope with. That is just sick. Games of the holidays, you know. Yeah. Uh, was it? Well, it's really cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, and the Spider-Man games, like just to play on them, like they play so cool. It's almost like a weird, like a. It's like a cooler Grand Theft Auto, <laughs> like with the amount of freedom, amount of stuff you can do in those. Um, but to kind of wrap this up, I appreciate your time and I appreciate you reaching out to me. Um, yeah. Can you, uh, and like the whole, your whole channel and your whole message is positivity and spreading awareness. Can you kind of, and I know you've gone through a lot of bullying and a lot of health issues and have always persevered. So you've had a lot of negative stuff happened, but you come out positive as a kind of final question can, how important is positivity and what can for listeners, what can we do to stay positive, especially in trying times like this? I guess find a hobby, find something that helps you, you know, exercise all that negativity that you feel something positive like for me it's writing or for me it's you know doing ventriloquism making it laugh out of some of this negativity that we felt um you know through the news outlet like you've seen a lot of some of the ventriloquism i've done which is based on the election yeah um, so find, I guess it's a way to find a, a way to outlet it into a positivity, like my writing, um, my YouTube. I've way, I've fi- I found a way to help cope it into exercising out all that anxiety 
and depression that you feel from this negativity that's going on and exercising into something positive. Yeah. And I'm repeating myself. So beautiful. No, no, it's it it makes it makes a lot of sense. There's a there's this uh, Bruce Lee dumb bit from one of his philosophies where you go with the opponent. So you don't fight against it, but you take it and move it to what you want it to be. In this case, taking negative and making it positive. So I think that was beautifully said. Um, well, awesome. Corey, thank you so much for hanging out with me. And I can't wait to see what you're going to come out with next. And when these, uh, when these, these comics come out and I can't wait to crack one open and read it and share it. And I'm super excited. Yeah. And, um, yeah, man, I appreciate your time. All right. Bye. All right. Later.